Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. All right, now these are, just so you know, and you're like, again, you know, I heard it last week. You know, someone was, thought that I was too political. I don't care. I don't care. This isn't politics. You notice I'm not talking about tax rates. I'm not talking about being a Republican or being a Democrat. They're two heads of the same snake anyway. What I'm telling you is life and death, blessing and cursing. We're going to talk about it. The church needs to be standing up anyway. Why the church wouldn't be talking about things like this, I don't know. And you're like, Tom, you say this every week. Yeah, I know it bothers me every week. It does. I, I, get, I get thorns in my side. I get popcorn stuck in my gums, Whatever, however you want to talk about it, however you want to frame it. It bothers me greatly that people say, you know what, no politics from the pulpit. A, it's not politics. And B, who told you that? What verse is that? Show me that in the Bible. I just, you know what, I've studied the Bible. I've certainly never seen that anywhere. I I think it's right next to the verse that says it takes a village. (laughs) This is the DMD database. For those of you who don't know what the DMD is, It's the DMED, I said it wrong, the DMED database, which is the military. This is Joe Biden's administration. This was Donald Trump's administration. This data is irrefutable, indisputable. They cannot call this, if if you've noticed, they haven't come out and called this disinformation because they can't. What they do in the military is if you get a boo-boo on your finger, they track you until that boo-boo is healed or till you're out of the military. With a QR code, you go into every doctor, every nurse, every nurse practitioner, every RN, every appointment, you swipe in. It's indisputable data, folks. You need to know this. And again, I tell you, now this has gone up a smidgey since the last time I reported this to you. You need to pull up online whenever you are able the name Thomas Rents. R-E-N-Z. Pull him up. You need to track him and follow him and follow, out, follow where he's talking, see if you can get a recording of it. Because this is a federal lawsuit going on right now, which I believe will turn into a massive class action lawsuit. I believe that's going to happen. But this data is absolutely indisputable. And here it is. Now you need to know, when I say something is up a certain percentage, you need to understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that it's up in 2022 and 2021. I'm talking about what is up in that. I'm talking about a comparison between 2021 and 2022 in comparison to basically five years before this. 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20. So whatever the averages were over those five years in comparison to where we are in 2020, 2021 and 2022. Everybody got it? Myocarditis in the military is up 2,800%. Last time I reported to you, it was up 139%. Cancers are up 300, depending on which one, 300% to 900% in one year. 
indisputable data. Oh, this is politics. No, this is human lives. God so loved the world, I believe. Church ought to be standing up. Strap on your black robes and tell the truth. Infertility, both genders, up. Just so everybody knows, let me just reiterate this to you. There are only two genders. One more time, I'll see how much mileage I can get out of this joke. Men are, from, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and every other sex comes from Uranus. There are two genders. Credit Rodney Howard Brown. Infertility, both genders up 500%. So in 2021, in comparison to 20, 19, 18, 17, and 16, up 500% in one year. Miscarriage is up 300%. Neurological disorders up 1,000%. Here's the one I can't remember what it is now, nor can I remember how to, how to pronounce it. Demyelinating DIS. Natalie, in here? What is it? What is it? It's like the removal of your neurons in your brain. That's not a good thing, is it? Okay. So the removing of your neurons in your brain according to the person who takes care of all of my health care, says it's a bad thing, is up 1,000% in one year. Multiple sclerosis. Remember, these are people 18 years of age, on average, 18 to 28. Multiple sclerosis is up a mere 600%. Guillain-Barr syndrome, what's that? What is that? Oh, beret. Guillain-Barre is like a neurological disorder. So that's not good either. All right, paralysis from the feet up, basically out of nowhere, is up 500%. HIV is up 500%. Pulmonary embolism, is that blood clotting? In the lungs, up 400%, all in one year. Church ought to be talking about it. These are our, and you know what else? Patriots ought to be talking about it because you know what? As you got a very foolish administration Poking the Russian bear, we ought to have a military that's ready to serve. As you have China now as the largest and most technologically proficient military and navy on the planet, you might want to have a military that works instead of diseasing them. Funny how that works, isn't it? How America keeps getting weaker and weaker and weaker under American leadership. This week, well, actually over the last... Two and a half, three weeks, we have formed the following in America. A disinformation governance board. In six days from right now, Joe Biden is going to what is called, and notice how everything, if you read your Bible, has the word world in front of it. The word world in front of it is going to the World Health Summit to change the treaty with the World Health Organization and relinquish all of our medical sovereignty. That's an absolute, people are out there saying, I discussed this last night on the podcast. That can't happen because of our constitution. Well, neither can force vaccinations, but they certainly happened. Neither can force masking, 
But that certainly happened. The Nuremberg Code says that you are not allowed to force vaccinate anybody with an experimental vaccine. That certainly happened. But we got Americans out there saying well, that can't happen because we have governors, we have a constitution, we have a bill of rights. All the other things happened. So Joe Biden is going to the World Health Summit. Of course, where is it at? In Switzerland, not in Davos this time, but in Geneva, where, where, where there will be an implementation of what are called health czars around the globe in coordination with Bill Gates's new germ team. Absolute fact. Everybody thinks I'm a right-wing conspiracy theorist. I pull this off their own social media. Bill Gates is very proud of his new germ team. That'll be in coordination with this. Well, they will, they will prance around the globe and say, you know what, uh, 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 you're having a pandemic. Uh, um, no, 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 you're having a pandemic. Lockdown like Shanghai. And for any reason they want, it can be because, it can be because um, uh, uh, there's, too, there's a lot of CO2 in the air today. Lockdown! Because all of this is interchanged and intermeshed with climate change. You know, the thing that had to change the word, they had to change their slogan from global warming to climate change because not one of their prophecies ever came true. Started with global freezing, global cooling. That didn't work out because everything was, New York was supposed to be under ice. And then Al Gore said that by 2009, Manhattan would be underwater. None of that worked out, so you have to change it to climate change. Their, their prophecies are as reliable as the Jehovah Witness prophecies and the Watchtower, where they change them about every decade, too, because they never happen. So over the last three weeks or so, we've had a disinformation governance board. Joe Biden surrendering our health sovereignty to the, what's called the World Health Summit which is the World Health Organization, firmly backed by the World Economic Forum, of course. And now there's a new one, and it's called the Office of Environmental Justice, brought to you by Merrick Garland and the DOJ. So in the midst of rampant violent crime, forget that. We need to go after the uh, people who are what? Environmentally violating what? Cow farts, <laughs> they're they gonna be out there. I'm wondering if they're gonna have some sort of measuring device next to the anus of a cow. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Find the farmer. The church needs to be talking about this because if you happen to notice the book of Revelation, it's a one world government. And you have people on both sides of the aisle you have the weirdest war ever happening right now. I, I've never seen it. I mean, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I never saw like you 2 and Bono showing up in the middle of a war zone and, 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 and conducting a concert. And you have Nancy Pelosi walking down the streets. They all do the, and Mitch McConnell, head, two heads of the same snake. Walking down the middle of the road in the middle of a war zone, Nancy Pelosi can barely walk. In the middle of a war zone in her blue pantsuit. And then Trudeau shows up there. Trudeau shows up there. He wears a mask 
everywhere he goes in Canada, inside and outside and there, he doesn't wear a mask at all. And nobody's vaccinated in Ukraine. Only 30% vaccination rate. His country's 99 point something, 95 point something percent vaccinated. He wears a mask everywhere. But it's all about your health. Weirdest war zone ever. It's, it, it's like as if people are communicating with each other on each side saying, you know what, I'm doing a broadcast today. Please don't send any bombs in. You're Tommy, are you saying there's no innocent victims? Are you a Putin sympathizer? No, I'm not a tyrant sympathizer, no matter what the label is, no matter what country they come from. If you believe that Ukraine is a democratic republic, I literally, I, seriously, follow me home today. I have swampland on East River Road I want to sell you. It's for sale right now. All of their opposition media, all of their opposition parties are either locked up or shut down in Ukraine. There's one television program, one news program you're allowed to watch. The rest have been shut down. That's an autocratic dictatorship with a billionaire who's the head of it all. All members, every last one of them, Nancy Pelosi shows up, Mitch McConnell shows up, to see Zelensky, you know what, and then there's Putin, all of which go to the World Economic Forum. All of them, Putin, Zelensky, McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. You're like, Tom, this is Paul. It's not politics. It's the book of Revelation unfolding right before your very eyes. I'll give you some COVID info. Out of Health Canada, right now, everybody's shutting down their stats. Everybody. The UK has shut theirs down about a month ago. I told you that. Why? Because of statistics like this. This is from last week. Health Canada. 99.96% of their COVID deaths were fully vaccinated. 70% of those deaths were also boosted. They had one unvaxxed COVID death. That's the truth. So how are you like, how does Trudeau and how do Biden come out and tell everybody to get vaccinated then? Because they want people to die. Listen, you need to understand something. If they want you dead in the womb, they want you dead after the womb. There is no difference. Before God formed you in the womb, he already knew who you were. This is a church subject matter. I mean, you look at what's happening right now. I've never seen so many people fervent to suck the brains out of a living child in the womb and sell their eyeballs on the black market. All the politicians that say they're pro this group and pro that, they're pro women. Though there was 41.2 million abortions worldwide reported last year. So that means there may have been double that. Because that's a UN World Health Organization statistic. Of those 41.2, get ready, this is deep science. Everybody ready? Are you ready? This is deep science. Of that 41.2 million, half of them were women. But you're a, you're a purveyor of compassion upon the, the female sex? 
You're for women's rights, but you want to butcher 20 million a year? That's 20 million a year, not a one-time pandemic. That's 20 million a year in 2021, 2022, 19, 18, 17, 16. As far back as you can go, that's the average. That's the truth. All of this will be laid bare before you at the great white throne judgment. You'll see it. You will see it. The things that don't matter, we're, we're so consumed with things that don't matter. And what we forget about, and we don't want to preach about, because um, it's not edifying. Okay, edifying, that word has become a golden idol to the church. Edifying means, um, I wasn't really encouraged today by the message. Um, edifying means to build, not encourage. Just so you know. To build. And by the way, building can be painful. Let me just tell you this. I got two more things I want to tell you. Big Tom's world news. This is from the UK. Deaths occurring between January... See, they've shut it down now, so we don't know the rest. Deaths occurring between January 1st, 2021 and October 31st, 2021. This should... For some of you parents, this is important for you to know. So basically, almost all, 10 of the 12 months of 2021, here's the death statistics. statistics. Now, this is all deaths, not COVID deaths. All deaths per 100,000 for people ages 10 to 14. You ready? The double vaxxed, 238 per 100,000. The single vax goes way down, 45 per 100,000. And the unvaxed, four per 100,000. That's the truth. Where do you get that from? The Bureau of Statistics, United Kingdom. That's the truth. Everything else you hear, no, people would not lie like that. Really? They're, listen, you're either following the devil or you're following God. If you're following the devil, the devil, there'll be corpses there and there'll be lies. Because the devil was a murderer from the beginning and the father of all, all lies whose native language is lying. John 8, 44 and 45, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. John 8, 45. Last thing I'll tell you, which I find to be partially amusing, but also very sad. What is our current Speaker of the House doing? Well, this came out this week that she's hired a new caterer that now delivers alcohol directly to the offices of every congressman and women, woman. They used to have it where they would, they, would just, they would just bring it to Capitol Hill. And this is all at taxpayer expense, which that's a taxpayer expense. They can buy it using their campaign funds. So not only do they bring it to Capitol Hill, now it can be delivered specifically to their office. And here's a new thing. They now have a new liquor store on Capitol Hill. That's the truth. I pulled up an article where there was one from the Gateway Pundit, one trip we're, we're a country that's $30 trillion in debt. At the time of these trips, we were between 11 and $15 trillion in debt. So we wonder how we get from 11 trillion to 30 trillion. Well, a trip on a plane with both 
the two, two, both heads of the same snake on the flight to go discuss global problems. So in other words, a giant tourism junket where they're flying around the globe and it's $17,000 an hour. 17, to do what? To do what exactly? And on that flight, and on, the, on those flights during that time frame, Nancy Pelosi spent $100,000 on liquor. It's an absolute fact. They have to report it. And nobody cares. I do. $30 trillion in debt, and we just printed another $40 billion and sent it over to an autocratic dictator. We need to care in this country, and the church should lead the way. It's just like the church should have, in March of 2020, said those vaunt, that vaunted two-letter word, no. And if, if we would have, we did, this church did, but I mean the global evangelical movement, if we would have stood up, things would not be where they are right now, not even close. Remember that. So this is, listen, the message is, is all about you being what God has called you to be. This is, this is, this is from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. More than anything, Christianity is about power. You're like, no, it's about love. Listen, the lo love comes through power. The Holy Spirit's power. That's what Christianity is about. The reason why, now I, I look at you. Now don't worry, we're moving into Christian things now for those of you that are bothered by politics. That was nine minutes worth of politics for you. Now as I pan, you're welcome. Now as I pan across our congregation, which includes me, I'm part of the congregation. While we're worshiping, I like to get more preaching material off of you. <laughs> and I look and I see now, it's not as easy now as it used to be. I could basically pan across the whole room. So basically, I'm picking on people more in the front eight rows. <laughs> hint, hint. And I see people who are allegedly Christians who while we're singing are worshiping like this. <laughs> Understand that you have not tapped into power. You have not tapped into the Holy Ghost. You're either not saved or you're an unspiritual believer. See, this is real church now. I know, listen, I know that every word I speak causes me to lose people that attend. But in the long run, the word of God never returns void. So every seed that is planted in the ground will come up. So I look around the room. You're like, man, this guy is really getting in my face. I don't care. You need to understand something. I'm beyond caring. I used to care. I don't care anymore, which makes me love you more. The worst parents in the world, I'm not saying I'm your parent, just using that as an example. I'm not Father Tom. <laughs> Do not call anyone on earth Father, for you have one Father and he is in heaven. Matthew 23, 9. Kind of violates somebody's doctrine, doesn't it? Yes. 
I was born and raised in that, by the way. But as I pan around the room, but you know, oh, the worst parent in the world is somebody who's concerned about, well, we want to maintain a friendship with our kids. No, you do not. You want to tell them the truth. You can be their buddy later. <laughs> but at, while they're a child, while they're a teenager, even while they're a young adult, you need to be their parent right now. But you look around the room and I see people like that. And I'm like, What's the matter with you? Something's wrong. Now listen, you might be like, you know what, Tom? I'm just not a Christian. I'm forced to come here by my parents. Okay. Hands off. I love you. Literally, I love you. You're honest. It's the fake Christians that drive me, drive me crazy. You see, Democrats don't make me mad. People who want to slaughter the unborn don't make me mad. They do to a degree, but I expect them to be demonic. <laughs> It's the Christians. That's why judgment begins at the house of God. It doesn't begin with the world. God judges the righteous and God is angry at the wicked every day. So Tom, you're, you're judging me right now. Yeah, I am. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. I know you were taught, you know, that you're not supposed to judge. That's a lie. It's not in the Bible. It's only in the Bible where you're doing the same things. So I wasn't standing here during worship like this. Or maybe you're one of those love makers in the middle of worship. That's all over their spouse. I'm like, can you get your hands off her? Stop hiding from God by making out with your wife during worship. It's God time. Get your hands off her and stick them in the air. I told you I'll empty churches out. You'll never be able to walk up to me in heaven or look up to me from hell and say, Tom, you didn't tell me. Why am I telling you this disinterested Christian? Because you are in what I'm going to preach about today, what is called the peril of not progressing. You are in a dangerous state. And it doesn't matter to you now, but let me just tell you something. Out of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. You ain't going to live forever. You're not Enoch. You're not going to just disappear and go to heaven either. Unless Jesus comes back and, and, and whisks us away which will happen in the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation before the worst of the worst comes. However, you will die and you will face judgment. And everything that you mock today, you will regret then. Well, my parents, you know, they, they're my models of Christianity and, you know, they're hypocritical. Welcome to the freaking club. I've been a hypocrite. You've been a hypocrite. That's going to be your excuse when you stand before Jesus? Well, people were hypocrites, so I turned from you. He's not a hypocrite. That makes no sense. Amen. Amen. See, I want to tell you this this morning. Now the message has begun at 11.05. Christians are saved 
But most are not spiritual. And by the way, I've told you this. I've been transparent before you. So I'm putting your heart at ease. I got saved in 1987. And I wasted from 90 to 2000. From 2000 to 2010. Uh, Tom, you are pastoring the church at that time. Yeah, wasted it. What, was, what were you doing? Out, out at the bars? No. Were you out just living in sin? No. I just was not a spiritual man. I was caught up into my law enforcement career. I was caught up primarily into myself. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What do I need? I'm offended. You see, I make fun of that which I have been. You think, some of you are love to live in offense. You think I'm mean to you. Because you just love living in offense. That's your juice in life, is finding something wrong with somebody else. Because it makes you feel like that you're accomplishing something in life. You're accomplishing nothing. I've been there. I've done all of those things. Tom, you're not that old. I'm old enough. I mean, my years count more than most because I was in law enforcement. In the septic side of the world. And in the midst of most of my law enforcement career, I was pastoring too. Full time, doing both. I've had mass exposure to humanity, including my own. And I am telling you, most of us are saved, but we are not spiritual. And we are vulnerable because of that. I put a list down here. It's Christians where they are Lord. Now I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Who's Lord, really? You're like, well, I stopped sinning. Great. Glad you're going to heaven. But who's Lord? Who's Lord? For most of us, I've told you this before. I'm going to try it again because there's new people here. Most of us run by our feelings. Therefore, they are Lord. And feelings are no different than gas. Coming out of either end. Do you understand? I know all the songs. The songs are all about gas. Feelings, it's gas. They mean nothing. But most people are governed by them. They don't take their thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5. They don't do that. Their feelings are what they are. Their feelings are who they are. Until you stop doing that, you're not going to accomplish the miraculous. Ever. And there's people in this world that need you to accomplish the miraculous. Jesus is a last resort. See that all the time. I call it service station Christianity. They come in. They get their life right with God. And as soon as God sets them back up, they walk away. Service station Christianity. The word which is Jesus is never studied. And there's no set time of prayer. Look at me now. If you don't have a set prayer time every day, you're falling away. If you don't have a set time where you study the word, you are falling away. You are either getting better or you are getting worse. You never stay the same. Set time. Well, I don't have time for that. Bull crap. Talking to the wrong guy. I remember a worship leader called me one time. One of our worship leaders. 
And he told me, he said, you know what, man, we just, it was Saturday night. We just, we flew in last night. Flight was delayed, man. We didn't even get home till, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And I knew what he was angling at. And I said, so? Because he was only going to get three, four hours. I'm like, so? For the first year or more of this church, I logged off from my patrol car at seven o'clock in the morning and came in and preached. Pete, I hear Pete's voice. When Pete and I were leading worship together at another church, that was the same thing then. And they had two morning services. And I'd log off, and they had one, was like at eight something. <laughs> log off at seven, worship team practice at 7.30. Don't tell me about, oh, I, I, I only got three. I don't care. And why is it that you'll show up for your job but not to your church. What should be more important? Church. Church is more important. It's, Jesus is not an accent on your life. He's not an accent. He's supposed to be what your life revolves around. A consuming fire. Not an accent to your life. Not a last resort. Oh, no, we're sick. Jesus. Oh, we're broke. Jesus. If Jesus wasn't Jesus, he'd really be insulted by that. People are so lucky I'm not Jesus. I'd be like, aunt, aunt. So we don't have prayer, don't have Bible study, but there's plenty of the world. And you know the parable of the sower, found in Luke chapter 8, verses 11 through 15, right? This is where most Christians go. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They're saved. They're just immature. So when Anthony Fauci comes to them with a mask, they go, how fast can I put that bad boy on? They're not Catholic anymore. They're mask wearers. Change from this to. And I will tell you later about the perilous place it is to be among the thorns. It's a dangerous place to be. Because a lot of Christians, right now, we are in what the book of Revelation calls the beginnings of sorrows. No one knows about that day or hour. I believe that it is, you take or leave this, this is my opinion. I believe that there is a set of ingredients that has to be in place for Jesus to sickle the earth. He doesn't even know when. He has to be told by an angel. In the revelation, even the angels don't know. They have to be told by God, and then they tell the one who's sitting on the cloud. They don't even know. But it's a perilous place to be if you're living among the thorns. Because many Christians in this beginning of sorrows have been pulled away. Started with COVID, starting with other things, whatever it may be, church is closing all over the place. This church was closed. Many others. We are one of many. 
And again, I need to always clarify this. It wasn't our church that was closed. The church building that we were in, that church was closed. This church will never close. In any way, shape, or form. Because the word of God never returns void. You will see people come. You will see people go. But the word never returns void. Romans 12, 2, the most common verse in this church. I use it all the time. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. People make things so complicated. You know what that means? Whatever the world is doing, do the opposite. (laughs) Do the exact opposite. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and only then, I added and only then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Only then. Your mind has to be renewed. Now we talked about this last week, and I'm going to use this to launch into the rest of the message today. We don't know. We all know Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us though. Right? Most people do not have a Jesus style, a Holy Spirit interpreted version of exceedingly abundantly. They think exceedingly abundantly is the American dream. It's not. Yes, it includes prosperity. Yes, it includes divine health and wealth. All of it, but really, we have no concept of it. It's revealed to us what no eye has seen, what no ears heard, what no mind has conceived. No no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Unless you are a spiritual person, you don't get it. There's many people in this room. I was one of you. And I, I believed I knew. I had no idea what God has for me. It has to be revealed by his spirit. Stop thinking you know when you don't know. How many NFL fans, well, I'm not one anymore, but you remember when you saw that Jim Mora came out and he gave that press conference? You think you know, talking to the reporters? You think you know all, the, all these experts that never played a down of football in their life? You think you know, but you don't know. Most Christians, and that includes all of us in this room, we think we know, but we don't. It gets revealed to us by a pursuit of God. A pursuit of the Holy Ghost. For those of you that are hung up, I, you know, I wasn't taught about speaking in tongues. I was taught against that. I was taught as of the devil, whatever it may be. It's the Bible. When you have verses like, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. You ought to consider, that's Paul writing. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. You ought to consider speaking in tongues. There's no way around these verses. It's called truth avoidance. Verse avoidance. It's no different than the political realms that you see. Most pastors are politicians. They vote, and what I mean by vote, you can vote or preach, make them synonyms of one another right now. They vote 
or preach according to political expediency. What will harm me? What will make, what will profit me? You think, you think that most Republicans are voting according to conviction or expediency? They know we're $30 trillion in debt and they just printed up another 40 billion and sent it overseas. Well, there's no baby formula anywhere. You, how are, you, are you voting according to conscience or self-perseverance, self-preservation? Same thing with pastors. They wouldn't dare say some of the things I'm about to tell you. And you're like, well, that's just your, that's just your stick, Tom. No, it's not. I am compelled by God to distribute this information to you. My messages are of the Holy Ghost. I pray over them. I don't go and do research about, um, like, you know, Joe Biden came out with ultra MAGA. That was, that was a result of six months of research by the Democratic Party doing focus groups of what would be most harmful in the upcoming election to the right wing. That's truth. It's all over the news. Both sides, CNN, everybody else reported on it. Six months of focus groups. I don't worry about any of those things. I pray over it. God gives me the message. I preach it. People come, people go. I don't know whether people are going to the bathroom or they're just leaving. I guarantee you that I am in the top 10 preachers in America of people walking out in the middle of their messages and never returning. Unabashedly. Unabashedly. They just walk right out. You should see it. I've seen entire rows clear. And you know they're leaving because they pick up all their gear. So the question is, has your mind be re been renewed to the place where you understand what exceedingly abundantly is? And mine hasn't been renewed to that place yet, nor has yours. God wants to reveal it to us by his spirit. How do we do this? This is a little bit of a review from last week. Psalm 30, 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you are delighting yourself in the Lord, what delights you will be what delights God, and that will be your prayer life. Amen. That will be your prayer requests. Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Most Christians don't pray regularly. They may say, Lord, we, you know, we ask you to bless this today. Oh, you, you might be the Christian, the, you know, the, the one they mark to pray at all the family events because you're the only one that's saved legitimately. And that's the only prayer. You need to be praying every day. Tom, I can't. I just can't sit still. Yes, you can. Do you ever read the Bible? Could you not tarry one hour? That confronts me every day where I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like praying. It confronts Jesus. Could you not tarry one hour? I'm about to go to the cross and sweat blood, drip blood, pour out blood, and you can't tarry one hour? And we need to be confronted by these things. If the disciples who are in the very presence of the physical Jesus 
Couldn't stand and pray one hour? What about us? If you're not praying, you're back, you're, listen, you're in the process of backsliding. Trust me, I know. I've wasted most of my life with God. Look at me though, look at me, but no more. No more. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. A lot of us, you don't even know what I'm saying yet. You will in a minute. 1 Corinthians 2, 13, these things we also speak, not in in words which man's wisdom teaches, put masks on, lock down. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. I want to know what his thoughts are. I want to know what he considers to be exceedingly abundantly. A lot of us, we're in a good mood for a day and we think it's exceedingly abundantly. But you're bipolar. Still. Listen, if you've been saved for 30 years and you're still depressed, something is wrong with your walk with God. And it's not God. It can't be God. Most of it is because you're not doing any works. Yeah, I say the word works in this church. Taboo in every other church, but it certainly isn't taboo to the Bible. You need to read the second chapter of James, as I've told you numerous times. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? I'll show you my faith by what I do. James 2.14, James 2.18. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James 2.24. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James 2.26. So all the people, they think works is horrible. It's not horrible. Faith without works is dead. And yes, it's talking about obedience, but it's also talking about prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. I just can't get connected at the church. That's your fault. Uh, If you're a man, there's a man's Bible study here at this church. If you're a woman, there's a woman's Bible study at this church. The Tomases have a Bible study at this church. The Zucchiatis have a Bible study at their home. They were the only ones limited by number. There's no reason. You can say right after church today, go right around the corner, right around the corner, Like I said last week, if you're willing to stand for three hours in a line to go to the Pirates of the Caribbean, you can stand in line for 12 minutes at your church and get to know people. I see those of you who aren't clapping. You wanna be, you listen, you wanna be offended. You like being miserable. Admit it. I admitted it before you. I like being in conflict. I have to resist it. I spent my whole life in conflict. And then I have to, I'm in law enforcement for 25 years in a day, resolving conflict. So I'm in the midst of it all, I love it, conflict. (laughs) Professor Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Inside every human being is an insatiable need for conflict. That's carnal. I've learned to love people instead. Doesn't mean that I'm not battling my, my old demons. I am. Because I wasted most of my walk with God. 
So you have a 53-year-old baby. And I'm more mature than most of you. That's a shame. I said this to Aaron and our, and our former worship leader before. Not the one I was talking about earlier, different one. I said to them 10, 12 years ago, I said, you know what, it's a shame that I'm considered upper echelon in Christianity. Because I know my life. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. I should be buried by all of you. We should be so powerful that the world can't resist this place. Don't let the word be stolen from you when you leave here today. Don't let it be stolen from you. The parable of the sower, where it falls on the wayside, is stolen by the enemy. Fallen on the stony ground and doesn't get any, has no maturity and dies in the midst of temptation. Or the thorny ground and gets strangled out. Be on the good soil. Take action. Look, listen to me. Don't, this is not a day off. This is the first day of the week. Take action today. Stop or start today. Every person in this room knows what they need to start. Every person in this room knows what they need to stop. What are you going to do? Wait till Monday? It's not New Year's resolutions. God has told you to start. God has told you to stop. What are you going to do? See how quiet it gets? Because all of us know we're afraid to do what God has told us to do because we think it'll cost us too much. Same as a politician. Same as a politician. No, thank you. No, thank you. See, people just walked out now. They got their backpacks. They probably thought this was still Fellowship Church. That's like, what's the, what's the, what's the, I never, I hate Disney. So I hated Disney before it was cachet to love, to hate Disney. I hated them long before that. And not for any moral reasons. I just hate Disney. I do. I don't, I, I will never understand why you want to go and spend $17 on a Coke and stand in line all day long. Like a piece of cattle. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I, I really, honestly, I, I've never have understood. But what's the, what's the, Aaron, what's the ride that we, that the video we show on the podcast makes fun of? Small, what was it? It's a small world. A lot of Christians, a lot of people think they're walking in here and they think it's a small world. But it's really a haunted house. <laughs> Eek! What is that? What is that? It's the Bible. Christian? It's truth. Romans 8, 26. We have no idea what exceedingly abundantly is. Who will just say that to themselves right now? I have no idea what exceedingly abundantly is. I have no idea. You don't. I have a great life. You don't even know what great is. Either do I. The only difference is I know I don't know. That's a big, that's a big difference. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know. 
Listen to what it says. Helps us. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit helps us. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now listen to the next verse. Nobody ever quotes Romans 8.27. They skip to 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good. That's, that verse is used to excuse absolute heresy. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. You know, everybody's got cancer. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's bipolar. Everybody's anxious. It's just God works for the good. What are you talking about? Everything you just said is antithetical to the word of God. He took up our infirmities, carried our diseases. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Victory is ours every time. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. So it's used to, by Christians who violate the word of God to justify their violations. And we know that in all things. I know the whole world's falling apart. My kids aren't saved, but praise be to God that everything is working for the glory of God, that everything is working for my good. Wrong! <laughs> Romans 8.27 gives you the gateway between 26. We don't know what we ought to even pray for. The Spirit does it for us. But by the way, you have to be in the Spirit for Him to do this for you. And a lot of people don't even want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're scarred. <laughs> what are you scared of? I can't make you speak with tongues. You're not joining a cult. The Holy Spirit would do it. Only he can do it. And he wants to do it. Now listen, Romans 8, 27. This is how you know. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you see this now? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. God is looking for how the Holy Spirit is praying for you. He can't pray for you unless you are in the Spirit. Most Christians never have the Holy Ghost praying for them. They're unavailable. They're at the ball game. They're at the job. They're religious Christians. Whatever it may be, they're way too busy. They're consumed with themselves. A lot of Christians are not really that busy. They're just very consumed with themselves. Not that busy. Lily, I, I, I will invite you to do this. Not everybody at once, but over a period of time. Come up and give me your list of why you're too busy to pray. Tell me. Tell me what it is. You know, and again, I do this as a public service for the ladies that attend the church. Tell me why you're dating him. I want to know. Nobody has ever taken me up on that offer. Bring him to me. I will tell you whether or not he is fertile ground for you. I will know in a matter of 30 seconds. Why don't you? Because the Spirit's not praying through you. 
It's your heart that's praying. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And most Christians make every, their, every decision in their life according to their heart. Even people who are 60, 70 years old have been saved for 40 years. In my, in my heart, in your heart. I, I want the Spirit praying for me with groans that I cannot understand because they're above me. His thoughts and ways above mine. Groans that are thoughts and ways above mine. Thoughts and ways that I don't understand that are exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or imagine. That's who I want praying for me. Christians are way too peaceful. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I look around the room right now. I can spot you peaceful ones. You have this look on your face. This is not Christianity. Yes, it is. This is the Bible. It's quick, powerful. How do Christians think that Christianity is a butter knife or a tie-dye shirt and peace nicks? And kumbayas and hallelujahs. What, what are you talking about? The word of God is quick and powerful, sharp, piercing, discerning. Pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God is a wrecking ball that wrecks and then brings in edification. I'm crucified with Christ. If you're not willing to stand to the wrecking ball. See, I get people to a degree, but then I push them too far. He's violating what I want in my life. I know. It's mostly, get ready now for some of the most offensive material you're ever about, to, you're ever here. It's mostly women that I offend. The women who run their homes that I offend. Most men are scared of their wives. I haven't done this for a while. It's been about six months. Been caught up in vaccines. So I'm going to leave that behind for just a minute. Those are, those are the, they get, I see them, and they're the, always the ones, like I told you a couple weeks ago. It's always the women who contact me when the family's leaving the church. They ain't never the man. Why is that? Did you get clipped and nobody told you? Did your wife line you up to get clipped and didn't even tell you, hey, we got an appointment for you today? Don't ask questions. Why are you scared of your wife? Well, you know, she yells. <laughs> I've told you out of the pro out of, listen, men are the priests of their homes and will be judged more strictly. Yeah. But here's the thing Amen. Proverbs 21 is dedicated to women. Yeah. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. None of that is dedicated to men. That's 9 and 19, Proverbs 21. None of that's dedicated to men. Men have our proclivities. We're, listen, God's not a respecter of persons. 
And by the way, just so everybody knows, with that verse in Romans chapter two, verse 11, God's no respecter of persons. Kumbaya, my Lord. That's not what it's about. That whole lineage of scripture is about judgment. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for there is no respect to persons with God. That's how it works. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. Kumbaya. No! Turn that volume down and then turn the stereo off. It's not how it works. But mainly, listen, I offend women who run their own houses. It's not biblical. I've seen it before. Women want their husbands saved. The husband gets saved, starts to take the mantle of leadership, and they chide against it. They kick against the goats. What are you doing? You wanted him saved for a decade. He gets saved and that you, it's so important to you that you run the show, that you steal his salvation. You remind me of the Pharisees in, in Matthew chapter 23, 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves will not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. We wonder why the men in America are such geldings? Well, she yells. She might cut me off in the bedroom. Learn to be a sexual camel then. Amen. <laughs> do what God has called you to do. Man up. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now you see where that verse is predicated. He's working for the good of those who love him, who the spirit is praying through them exceedingly, abundantly above all they could ask or think. Because no mind has seen. No ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for them. You have no idea. And it's not too late. How many people in here are over 40? Shout amen. Amen. Over 50? Shout amen. Amen. It's not too late. Over 70? Not too late. Over 80? Not too late. It is not too late. Your best days are ahead because most people have never tried it. Most people have never tried any of this. They never tried it. You don't know what God has for you. You don't know the power and the peace that he has for you. You've never given him a chance. Today's the day to start and stop. The spirit has renewed your mind. I want to tell you the advantages. We've got about, we go anywhere from 12 to 12.15 at this church. Are you good with that? It's 11.41. We don't have long to go, but I want you to get this down. How many of you don't care how long I preach? Shout amen. Wow. Man, I love you people. Listen, I want to congratulate the new people in here. If you've been coming for more than a week or two, 
You are way above average. It's a miracle that you've survived. I see you back there. God bless you. Most people do not survive this church. They don't make it. In one way or another, they don't make it. They come, you know, even people, they want to serve. But we demand that you serve in excellence. And we will get irritated with you if you don't. And that drives them off. If, if this doesn't drive them off, that drives them off. We demand that you live up to what you have already attained, Philippians 3.16. The Spirit has renewed your mind to know. Now listen, I, this is honing in on a different angle. But the Spirit has renewed your mind to know things, even now. I've spent this entire message bad-mouthing you and me. But now I'm going to build you back up, then I'm going to tear you back down, then I'm going to build you back up, and then we're going to leave. <laughs> then it's pizza time. <laughs> the Spirit has renewed your mind to know. Understand how exceptional you are that you know these things. Matthew 25, 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or hour. Most Christians don't know that right now, let alone the world. There's 8 billion people in the world. Hardly any of them know. There's 30, 40,000 people that live in Northport, maybe more, maybe it's 50,000 now. Most don't know. Most of the people right now, this is church time. You know, we start at the typical church time, 10 o'clock in the morning. Most every real Christian and fake Christian is in church right now. And most of them still don't know this. They're not talking about the mark of the beast right now. You got, what does Bill Gates do? Bill Gates is in partnership with, a, with, a, with an organization called Gavi. Gavi is in partnership with MasterCard. They are currently working unabashedly, unashamedly, public articles everywhere on what is called quantum dot tattoo technology. And Bill Gates just gotten put in charge of the World Health Organization's germ team, which is part of our sovereignty that's being lost. All right? Nobody's talking about that in church. Today's message is about love. Again. They don't know. Why, you, hear me, you hear me talking about those vaunted three words, I was wrong. Nobody says it. You know why they don't say it? It's either because they know and they don't want to or they don't know. They don't know they're wrong. They don't even know to keep watch because no one knows the day or hour. They don't know. But look at me. You do. You do, don't you? Look at me. Look at me over here. You know, don't you? You know. You're keeping watch right now, aren't you? Matthew 24, 44. You also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Everybody thinks it's going to be horrible. That's not true. There'll be people having parties, having babies, having a great time in life. That's when he comes back. Read the book of Revelation for once in your life. Instead of watching videos and reading books about it. Read it. It's in chronological perfect order with a certain amount of overlapping. It is not hard to understand. Everyone just lies and says it is. So there can be another mediator between God and man. There's only one. People lie to you so they can take the place of Jesus, not speak on behalf of Jesus. Most Christians don't know. 
Why? John 16, 13. I read this verse to you three weeks ago. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That's you. If you're in this church, if you've survived this church, that's you. Because you would never survive this church if it wasn't. You would run out of here like the backpack people did 10 minutes ago. <laughs> you see the, the toady dad behind the mom. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Get all of our stuff. Yes, dear. Yes, honey bunches. You're still not having any sex. Why do you bother? true. You're like, Tom, how do you know this? I've done a lot of counseling. I know way more than you. I know. This is a free public service to the men in the room. If you want to have a lot of sex, don't go after it telling you. Again, I know. Your wife has no respect for a beggar. Be a man. Man up. She'll come running because listen, listen, women love men. They do. Even the ones that try to create a woman out of their husband, down deep inside, they love men. Stand up and she will turn around. Listen, the hard life is when a woman is the spiritual head of her home. It's difficult to get anybody to follow. But when the man is the spiritual head of their home, watch the tide turn. Watch it. I help you in every area of life. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Thank you for the thank you. She, oh, never mind. Norma's like, stop talking about sex. My daughter in the front row. Listen, no woman wants to have sex with a coward. How do you have sex with a gelding anyway? That doesn't even work. Stop trying, ladies, to turn your husband into a woman and, and then have some sort of an amalgam of a lesbian relationship. Let him be a man. Amen? Amen. Whew, that's good. See, but you know. So you're able to handle this stuff because you know. You know it's true. You hear the Bible and you go, you know what? That's true. You may not obey it, but you know it's true. You are exceptional. Most people don't know. Including Christians, they don't know. Where do I get this from? 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Listen to this. I'm going to read it quick. 
Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Uh, I thought we were supposed to be monotone and try to reach people where they're at. Jesus, he reaches you where you are. That's not a Bible verse. Jesus was the word and preached the word. He didn't go to where they were at. He preached the gospel. If they left, they left. Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. John chapter 6, 53 through 67. Why? Because this was a hard saying. Who can understand it? Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. I heard Ben Shapiro, I'm allowed to talk about heathens. God won't let me talk about pastors in, by name. But I can talk about heathens. I heard him just absolutely blaspheme God the other day, blaspheme the New Testament, blaspheme Jesus, talking about things because he's absolutely blind. He's not beyond redemption. He can be redeemed. I'm just saying he speaks blasphemy, blasphemies. That's who, that's what he's doing. Because he's blind. For until this day, the same veil remains in the reading of the Old Testament. They don't get the old. You certainly can't get the new without getting the old. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. He's blind because he rejects Jesus. Only Jesus removes the veil. Only Jesus tore the veil in two. Only Jesus unleashed the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus did that. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lays on their heart. They can't see. Don't even be mad at them. They can't see. Pray for them. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's you. Look at me. That's you. Now, everybody knows this verse, but they never know. They don't know the verses that lead up to it. Now, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You want the veil removed? Holy Ghost. You want exceedingly abundantly? Holy Ghost. The reward of salvation. But we all, with unveiled face, it's you and me, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Now listen, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus gave it to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Everybody still with me? Eight, nine, ten minutes to go. I won't keep you long. Listen, I'm starving. I'm motivated to go. I'm not going to keep you for forever. So pay close attention over these next 8 to 15 minutes. Pay close attention. You need to hear this. You possess, look at me, you possess what no unsaved man or woman possesses. You're like, I just feel like a normal person. That's because you're carnal. You possess that which no unsaved man or woman possesses, nor will ever possess. 
unless they get saved. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 15, 29. I say these for a line of demarcation. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Amen. He's far from them. The baby bushers, he's far from them. Nancy Pelosi on the house floor, reading out of the book of Matthew. Means nothing. It's far from the wicked. Proverbs 10, 3. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. Tom, that, that's not very accommodating. It's not very tolerant. It's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's who God is. Most Christians would never, ever choose to serve the God of the Bible. So are they really saved? I don't know. I don't hope so. I really do. I hope so. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God's not against you. That's not the Bible. We, you know, we're here to tell you that God is for you and not against you. If you're saved, you need to tell people the truth. You may compel them into salvation. Tell them the truth. Well, I prayed to Jesus every day in my life. Yeah, but you were never saved, so he casts away every desire you had. He does. The, the opposite of what most people think God is, he is. God sees according to the covenant. Did you put your hand in his in faith? Did you? Otherwise, forget it. That's the way, you think, do you think that God's gonna all of a sudden have compassion on the baby butchers on the day of judgment? I prayed every day, you know. I prayed before I went in the abortion clinic and slaughtered my own children seven times over. No. That's the real gospel. That's the Bible. But there's something else, and this is what I'm closing with today. In the next five to ten minutes-ish. I won't keep you that long. You pay close attention. We're not even at two hours yet. We're not even, we're not even at an hour and 50 minutes yet because we start at five after. And had announcements, so Jeff bought another, you know, however many minutes. Aaron today, Jeff normally. This is something that you need to hear. Now, we have all those advantages, right? Everybody with me? You guys are with me over here? We have all these advantages. You guys with me over here? Amen. You guys with me? Yeah. All right. We have all those advantages. Now, that, now what I'm going to close with is what nobody else will preach to you outside of Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and a few other people. We, have, we also have something they don't have that isn't desirable. Nobody is trying to steal their faith. Nobody cares about their faith. You know, the devil's hardly involved with the world. They're already gone. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who is that written to? It was actually written to pastors and preachers, Christian leaders. The devil's not walking about trying to steal what they have because they have nothing. Nobody tries to rob the house of a pauper. We, we have an adversary trying to steal what we have. The world doesn't have that. You need to be aware of that. Let me lay this out just in case I don't get to it. What's being removed from the preaching of the gospel is the fear of God. And that's the first thing the devil will try to take from you. You know, how many people in here want to serve Jesus today? That's our altar call. We're going to start a spiritual journey. How many people want that? 
Put it down, Aaron, Mike, mark it down. There's a fresh start. There's a new beginning. Mark it down. We had 17 today in church. Fresh starts and new beginnings. The fear of God is gone. The enemy's coming in to steal, kill, and destroy because the church is not sober or vigilant. They don't pray. They don't study. They don't even know they're being stolen from. Fear of God's the first thing to go. Not afraid of God. 2 Peter 3.17, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Sorry, Calvinists. Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. See to it no one takes you captive. This verse you hear all the time in the church. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit, the one that we want to have praying for us and through us. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, where are we at? We are in the latter times. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now we've seen the seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. Here's the list. The fear, the lies presented as the science, vaccines, vaccine passports, power perversion, the baby butchers, the stupid Christians and the false prophets, and the cowardice for gain. We've seen it, but we know it, don't we? Thank God every day that you know. 2 Corinthians 2.11 lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Don't let him make you ignorant. Don't let some stupid Christian or false prophet make you ignorant. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men that fall from your secure position. That comes from inside the body of Christ, not outside. There's something else you need to know. And again, Nobody will tell you. You can be worse off at the end than you were at the beginning. The world can't. They're set. They're as bad as it's going to get. They're as bad as it's going to get. But how many of you know Christians? They're worse off now. They, get, they got saved. Walked with God for a while. Walked away from God. And now they're worse off than before they were ever saved. I have seen that over and over and over again. That can't happen to the world. But nobody tells us these things. Except for Foundation Church, the River Church, and Revival today. Nobody tells anybody. The fear of God is gone, so Christians just leave. Thinking they're just fine. We're going to do Zoom services. We're just fine. And you know what? Now that we've done Zoom, we're just not going to do any services anymore. And we're just fine. We sacrifice our kids on the altar of sports and we're fine. Christians walk away from the church. Signed up for whatever sport it is. Gaining the entire world in their minds and losing their own kids' souls. But they're fine because there's no fear of God. Well, my kid, who's now living like a reprobate, sleeping with his girlfriend, but he got saved at a VBS when he was six, so I know that he's fine. There's no fear of God. 
It's been removed, surgically extracted by somebody who's very, very cunning. Because the world's not the aim of the enemy. Look at me. You are. And he wants to keep you thinking that you're living exceedingly abundantly too when you're not. Ask the Holy Ghost. Today, do Matthew 6, 6 today. Go into your room with no phone, no screen, nothing. Go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Try it every day of your life. And I want you to, what's the day today? May what? 15th. I guarantee you, you do that from May 15th to May 30th, your life will be totally changed. You can't miss though. Your body, your soul, your spirit is not designed to miss. Ever. But you can be worse off. The world can't. Where do you get that from, Tom? 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. It's never not the word with me, folks. If it's not the word, I'm not even interested. Not remotely. It's hard for me to even read other books. I don't really care. It's the Bible. If they have escaped the corruption of the world, is it, could the scripture be any more clear for the Calvinists? If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, could it be any more clear for the Calvinists? By knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. You are in danger if you are not progressing. Because this isn't available to the world. They, they don't have the ability to, to hear the words. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. There are people, it would have been better for them not to have known. They turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. That's not available to the world, but it is available to us, but nobody cautions you. The fear of the God has been removed. Why will nobody tell you? Because it violates their orthodoxy. It will empty out the pews. And it's the truth that gets left out. That you're special. And I'm going to close with this. The fear of God is necessary. It's as necessary as conviction. It's as necessary as love. It's as necessary as faith. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Jesus said, that's Proverbs 9, 10. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who does Jesus speak of? Right there, himself. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. It's Jesus who judges, who destroys both soul and body in hell. Jesus. That's the Jesus nobody hears about, right? The fear of the Lord. That's why your kids aren't getting saved. They don't fear God because you water down the gospel. You're supposed to have the fear of God. I've told you this numerous times. 
I went against the Christian books when it came to potty training my kids. I spanked them for it. I told my three-year-olds they'd go to hell for lying. No, you don't tell the three. Who, who says? Who says? And both my kids, 20 and 21 and 23, have never even been on a date. How about yours? Hear it? You didn't tell them the fear of God. Your love trumped it. Your love. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. You're a fool to tell your three-year-old, if she doesn't stop lying, she's going to go to hell. Really? Was I? No, it was full gospel. I told her that, and I hugged her and loved on her. I told her that, and I told her how much she could be redeemed. I told her that, and I told her how much she is forgiven. All of it. My love does not filter the word of God. It's pure gospel. Finishing with these verses out of Hebrews chapter 6, 4 through 8. This is what the world doesn't have that you and I have that we need to be cautioned about. The world cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Only the Christian can. And you're not blaspheming the Holy Spirit when you said one sentence. But people who have committed the unpardonable sin have no idea and don't want to be redeemed. So don't worry, it's not you. Hebrews chapter six, four through eight. Everybody skips these verses because they're petrified of them. You don't skip any verses. There are no irrelevant verses. There are no obscure verses. It's the Bible. It's Jesus, the word of God. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them to repentance. For they have crucified, since they have crucified again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. You need to know that because that doesn't apply to the world at all. What does this mean? What this is directly relating to is Christians back in Jerusalem and in the nation of Israel when basically, just so you know, this should sound eerily familiar, they came through and they said, you know what? You lose all rights and privileges of the synagogue which included food. If you do not renounce and apostatize Jesus Christ. And people said, you know what? Walmart's too important. Travel is so important that I'm going to inject an mRNA vaccination that is likely going to kill me. Right now they are opening up corpses with two foot long blood clots all over them. And you know what they're going to call it? You know what they do call it? Long COVID. It's long, all right. The blood clot's very long. But I want you to notice something. As we go throughout time, I want you to notice that long COVID only applies to the vaccinated. That's the truth. So Christians, they'll gladly close their churches for 99.9% .9 survivable virus. How vulnerable are we to this? For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened, if they turn their backs on God to be renewed. That's not you, you're like, I've backslidden, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I've backslidden too. 
I'm still here. It's when you no longer want to repent. You no longer even know that you need to repent and have no interest. So it doesn't apply to you. So relax. But understand that you need to live in the fear of God. I'm not talking, listen, I'm not talking about, oh, it's, it's, it's a reverent fear. No. As I've told you many times, if you look at the translation, both in Greek and Hebrew, every time, 95% of the time, where you see the word fear in the Bible, it's the entire range from awful fear, terrified, to reverent. It's the entire thing. You need to live in the entire thing. You need to be worried when you start to enter into evil. If you feel conviction when you're walking into the movie theater, turn around and walk the other way. Whatever it is. When you're, see, I'm done. When, you, when that guy or woman, single people or married people, comes up to you and she's so hot, she's like the surface of the sun. Turn your back and walk the other way. Turn your back and walk the other. You need to have that fear. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just as elemental to the gospel as anything else. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.